So league I have taken over. It was an orphan. Um, I can't release too many details on it and everything. But it almost had like a little implosion. Uh, some of the guys obviously like listen to this podcast every now and then. And they don't like that I talk about them. Um, but man, some of these guys, it is a, it is a, a not safe place. If you can't handle trash, like you would fit in just fine. But there is some personal jabs, some trash talk and everything. And it's crazy. Somebody came in, Peacemaker, laid it all down. Anyways, what I was trying to say is, is in that league, um, I hold the 1-1 and the 1-2. And I am really struggling with what I should do because I'm rebuilding. So, like, I'm rebuilding. I should, like, you know, I should try and accomplish, you know, a feat of turning the team around as fast as I can. And I know a lot of people that are like, well, this draft class sucks. And I get that idea. Yeah. But I would still rather keep those two picks and draft a rookie quarterback and Brees Hall, who is, in, in my eyes, is going to be undoubted, like, 1-1 across all leagues. Um, I'd feel more comfortable drafting them than trading down and getting more. I don't know. I'm stuck in this dilemma because I, I should want to trade, but I'm just, I also just want to draft, and it's, I don't know what to do. I don't know what to do because I never had that luxury of having 1-1 and 1-2 in a league. So I kind of just want to see those. I mean, you could probably deal the one two, hold on to the one one, uh, deal the one two, and and rebuild that way, uh, depending on what kind of setup you got. Yeah, I, I fully understand about you know leagues and people being toxic and everything, uh, aka our sleeper league together when we had that little implosion over the weekend. Yes. So. Yeah, and that that's another thing to bring up is like, so let's talk about this before we dive into our episode um welcome on into second and shorts the cheap sheets fantasy and dynasty podcast this offseason breaking down every nfl division and buying and keeping and trading away players from every nfl team this week's episode is going to be the nfc north but before we dive onto that let's talk about a very topical question and that is after a trade happens in your league what can and can you not do in terms of talking about that trade because a trade went down from an owner that has had like three or four very favorable trades go in their favor. And the league consensus was that they lost this deal that they just had. And it yeah. seemed like there was a, a, a gang mentality of like three or four owners jumping down that other guy and telling him how much he lost. And he didn't like it at all. He, he went to, he thought that I guess that opinions aren't um are favorable uh if they're against him because yeah he lost the trade in my opinion and mm -hmm. two owners kind of let him have it on the trade i let him have it because he was being a a um, unfavorable female because he got butt hurt over you know people talking about him losing on the trade which he has fleeced some owners in that league yes. tremendously and to see him get fleeced, everybody was kind of happy. And just let him know that everybody, he was upset that everybody let him know that we were happy that he got fleeced on a deal. And he took it to a, a realm like there, nobody could criticize or chastise his trades or anything, but he had no problem when we was telling him that he won out on the trades previously. I, I, I do think that there is friendly banter. Now, he does not want a league that, you can't, he doesn't say that he, like, I've talked to him uh, in, in a private DM and he doesn't want this to be like a situation where nobody can trash talk. He's okay with that. 
but I think he felt that it went too far. I, at times I thought it did too. Um, but that just leads to the question of like when a trade happens, how much slack should you give somebody else uh, in a trade? Does it really matter to bash somebody if they lost out on a trade? Does that really, does that really matter? Like if in the terms of thinking of things, if you make a terrible trade in one of our leagues, why do I have to tell you you made a terrible trade? Like you'll just see that it was terrible in a few months. Like you're going to see that result anyway. So in that mindset, I get it. There's no real need to say anything. But in a situation, let's say I'm a trash talker. I talk a lot. Let's say I make a bad move. The whole league wants to jump on me and trash talk me because I'm known to trash talk. I think that's a situation that's okay. Um, I think oh, I think I'm a little too far. I do. I think the don'ts in this situation are don't tag an owner that lost the trade. Talk about it in the league chat. Sure, don't tag him. The guy that did tag him took it back. Good on him. Uh, but ultimately, I think that having your own opinion on a trade is fair. I don't think you should get upset at that. But I do think you need to be careful treading water because I think that we are in a day and age where it's not like saying people are too sensitive, but there's no reason for people to like, if they're upset with the league dynamic and how people are talking, to not just grab their ball and go home and leave. And then you try and find a new owner. So I think there is like a gray area that you have to stay in 100%. But also uh, the, the, the fact that he brought it up an entire day later and reignited everything. That's what a lot of the other owners and me personally had an issue with because it was, it was done. We, we bust these balls. It was over. It said done with. And then he like came back an entire day later. And it was like, cause I talked to the other two owners and they was like, we, we was done with it. Mm-hmm. We had no problem. But the fact that he brought it up. Yeah. That's just going to make us go after him more. And I'm like, Hey, I'm, I'm I'm on board with you. I understand because you gotta you gotta understand that it's as long as it's don't go to a personal realm, talk shit. Bash, especially this guy has done from my understanding, because I'm new to the league, he's done very well in this league. He's built this, he's got a pretty, pretty solid team. He's had a really good team. He finished second place last year. I think he finished third the year before. Uh, he's, he's, he's a pretty good team. Um, now with all that being said, let's just jump into our main topic of the day. Uh, you guys can you know give us your opinions. We're going to have a Twitter poll up the day of this podcast as well to see your guys' reactions on that too and to get your feedback across Dynasty Leagues. But let's go ahead and talk about the Chicago Bears. Uh, and the first person we're going to talk about, we're going to be talking about a guy that we are going to buy. Now, formats, we talk about this all the time, but let's say that you haven't been following all these or you've only seen a couple. Essentially, the format does not matter to this buy-keep trade. Uh, if, if I want to talk about a super flex, I will mention that. But otherwise, this just goes for universally what you should do. Obviously, if something favors that position a little bit more, it makes more sense to do so. And with our first person, I say that we should go out. We need to buy going into his third year tight end Cole Clement. Uh, I think that he is the type of guy that, you know, 60 catches over 600 yards. Uh, he finished. I don't even know what did he finish as he was like tight end 20. And he had zero touchdowns on the year. That's pretty good considering how touchdown dependent most tight ends are. And if you just add in like five, six touchdowns, he moves up probably a tier. And that probably is going to come back this next year working with fields as well. Yeah, I like, I like this because um, you got to get some familiarity in the offense. Chicago had none this year. Nope. Uh, 
they and we're going to talk about that a little bit later but um you had dalton you had fields i mean there was no consistency there so therefore your receivers and your offense couldn't get in sync together with the current chain with the constant changing and you know uh, Allen Robinson not performing up to his. So you, you get that level. So I would actually move him up a few spots from where he finished this year, just on potential alone due to consistency that is expected. Yeah. And I think, I think that he's a guy that you can buy relatively cheap. Um, even in probably not in tight end premiums as much, but when you compare him to the overall ra- amount of tight ends around, if you have a top tier guy, let, let, let's say that you have a Kels on your team. Let's, that's just the best example here. And he's hitting that peak age where you're worried that at one day, he's just going to call it quits. A guy like Komet sitting on that backdrop, you know, as your backup for that, you know, bi-week filler, I think would be a really good guy to go out and buy that has the potential upside to overtake and move into the top 10. Uh, now, let's, now let's move on to somebody that you want to trade for, uh, or sorry, trade away from the Chicago Bears? Like, who are you wanting to get rid of from this Bears team? Uh, I'm trading uh, Fields. Uh, based on, there is no consistency in that offense outside of Montgomery. Um, this offense is a dumpster fire, and I think Fields is one of those quarterbacks that you can uh, sell on potential alone um, for him being coming the starter. I think you're not going to get his what you feel that you should get out of him, but you're going to get a pretty fair value. Um, Depending on if it's super flex, you're going to get a much better rookie pick. You're going to be up there in about the one five range. I feel Uh, non super flex. You're going to drop down about two spots, but yeah, I I think fields is one of those potential premium uh, candidates that you can sell. Because there's going to be a lot of work. You're going to have to invest a lot into him in order to produce. So with that being said, um, I'm not a Fields believer. I own him in a couple of leagues. Mm-hmm. Uh, he's my QB3. Uh, you know, in case of injury, break glass. Um, that's where I own him. I got him relatively cheap. I got him for a 2-7 in one league. In a single quarterback, right. Yeah, 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 single not a quarterback. Super flex. Yeah, I got him two seven and a single quarterback, and because uh, I don't play very many super flex unless it's with you. Um, and then I got him for like, I think it was Madsen and a two eleven is what I got him uh, for Italy. So and, and he's like my QB three in both of those leagues. Nothing like that. He has to step in and produce for me. But he can sit on my bench, and you know, if if he does develop, great, I win the trades. If he doesn't, I, I feel that I didn't lose out on much value. Hold on, but you're saying that you want to trade him away and not have him on your yeah. rosters, but you just talked about two instances that you've already made trades. Yeah, I've got him. him, but no, I'm saying I've got him, but he's he's a player that I would deal, try to move. In the instance there, I'm saying I've got, I bought the price I bought him for. I don't, I'm not upset with, you know, you can go out and get these other aspects and that's what you should do. But, you know, I'm just saying that if you 
if you're trading him away, look to package him. Look to package him in a deal. I got him because he's a QB three. You don't want you you don't need to be trying to expect him to go ahead. Uh, that's why I said you're not going to get the value you think you should get for him. You're going to get fair market value. You're you're going to think you should get more because he's going to be a starting quarterback. I you know you need trade, to take for extra ex- expectations. I would not trade him away for what you got him for. I would not be happy with getting a mid second round pick and Alexander Madison in a down rookie draft year. Um, I think that's an easy win for you. Um, in Superflex, I wouldn't take less than a first plus for him because I don't think I can actually replace him. And I think that if you are going to trade him, you're going to trade him on this rushing upside, which he had over 400 yards rushing last year in 12 games. One of those, he was the backup to Dalton in week one. So really 11 games, he had 400 yards rushing and two touchdowns rushing as well. And I think that upside is there because any quarterback that can run for 500 yards is a plus in the fantasy, um, fantasy world. In Superflex, though, I feel like you could really sell him right now on this upside of, uh, a new head coach, offense is turning around. Mooney just kind of broke out a little bit. Montgomery is consistent. Uh, he can't, he's going to get better now that like he's going to have the full reins and trust of being the starting quarterback. And you're going to get him for more. I mean, he finishes quarterback 31 in those 11 games. Uh, if you give him a full slate of games with more trust and more development here, and who knows what they're going to add. If, they, if the Bears go on, add another, you know, they have Komet who can be taking another step up. They go out another good number two wide receiver after Allen Robinson leaves. Somebody that could be healthy. That's going to help develop for fields as well. And you can sell him on these points. Uh, but I wouldn't take anything less than a first plus and a super flex. And I would probably want like 112 in a single quarterback plus. So like 2 1 plus. Um, something a little bit you know, favorable just based on his upside. Um, now, speaking of one of those guys that I talked about, let's talk about a guy that I think you should keep, and that is Allen Robinson. Now, Allen Robinson, uh, it, man, this guy, uh, he's, we can't really talk about his year because he only played in like, like, what are you playing? Like, he played in like 12 games, but he was like hurt. I think he was just hurt all year. And I think he was just like, he, he booked his time. He's ready to get out. I mean, two years in a row, he broke over a thousand yards with the Bears. And I think that him entering free agency, you, you probably could buy him for pretty cheap, but I'm not gonna. We can't talk about that because I think Komet's the best value there. You can't really trade him for anything, so he falls in this keep category because I think wherever he goes is going to be a better offensive situation, almost guaranteed, than where he is now. And that's the oh, yeah. reason I want to hold on to him because he can be a sneaky wide receiver three or four for you next year, depending on the offense he goes to. Yeah, the news just broke that the Bears are going to let him seek other options outside of their organization. So that really factors into me definitely wanting to keep him. The talent's there. Yeah. Uh, this kind of this kind of goes back to our Mike Williams discussion. Is, um, you know, the talent's there, and he's going to produce wherever he goes, uh, unless he loses his mind and stays in Chicago. Mm-hmm. Um, so he he has that flex appeal most definitely. Wide receiver two is definite uh, upside. So, yeah, I mean, he's a plug-and-play player. He had a great seasons um, 
in spurts in Jacksonville. He goes to the Bears. He gets uh, solid seasons. But, you know, we got to wait and see. So that's why I like he's in a holding pattern. That's why I like where you have him as a hold here. Because wherever he lands, you know, that's going to dictate his value. And statistically speaking, based on how poor the Bears' offense was, he should land in a better offensive spot. That's what we're hoping for. All right, now let's move on to the Detroit Lions and a team that has some standouts in the offensive department here. Um, they are kind of a little worse for wear in NFL terms, but there's a lot of guys that I think you can get from this team that can really benefit you. Now, a guy that I want to go out and buy is going to be a hard buy, but I want to go and get TJ Hawkinson, tight end. He was tight end 15 this year. He battled some injuries. Um, he's really there. He was their best option. But Swift kind of got involved in that passing game a little bit. Um, we saw Williams kind of step in. Wide receivers, St. Brown and uh, Raymond kind of step up. The Lions are probably going to draft uh, a wide receiver as well, probably in the second round um, or with that late first that they have. They could, I could see him doing that as well. But for me, he's a guy that, uh, that I think is a reliable tight end tight end one he's like the 10 11 12 range but i think having a little bit of a down season seeing the rise of saint brown and then knowing that the lions are probably going to draft a receiver early is probably going to lead to hawkinson being more obtainable now than he will be at all going forward because i think that he's going to break out as a top five guy going into next year yeah um I'm a huge fan of Hawkinson, so I'm trying to buy him in quite a few of my leagues. Um, so he is a hard buy. Uh, a lot of people are asking very steep prices. They're asking, you know, like Waller-level um, returns for him. And, you know, I am a fan, but I'm not that much of a fan to overpay. Like, they're asking for, like, my one four and one league uh, to get him. And I, I rejected that pretty quick. Mm -hmm. um, but, you know, I, I see him as a viable option. Um, he's going to be a solid tight end. He could be definitely filling that tight end one role for you, uh, especially once he gets healthy. And, you know, the others around him stepping up, letting him have those catches underneath. He's a big body, big frame, great red zone production. And target. So, yeah, this is a great buy. Uh, though you may have to pay a little bit for him, but it will pay off at the end. Yeah. And I know normally, like, our buys are like guys that we think you can get like good value for type thing that are like kind of on the cheap that we think could have upside. My thing is, is that I think this is the cheapest he will be before he breaks out and he reaches that Travis Kels, George Kittle type of ceiling that I, I see him having, which is more so of like, in this draft, it's like, give me your one, one type situation where you're, you know, cause it's such a, a depleted position that if you have like a top tier scoring guy, then people are going to want, they're going to want that. They're going to crave it. So if you can somehow get them now for let's say, let's say like one twelve, I would trade one twelve in a single quarterback straight up for Hawkinson right now. I would do that. Darren Waller for Hawkinson. I would do that trade straight up as well. Right now. Um, there's a lot of deals that I would try and do of trading my, number one running back for a guy that is, you know, a lesser tiered running back, like running back 14, whoever that is, uh, and get TJ Hawkinson as well thrown in. That's something that I would try and pair right now to bolster your team 
So I think having a guy that is going to break into that ceiling is very important before that breakout happens. And coming off a down year and all those factors I mentioned might be the best time to strike in some leagues. If you have smart owners like you do there, um, it's going to be very hard to buy him, but you could have it happen. Now, a guy that you should be keeping, talk about him, DeAndre Swift. This is a pretty simple, straightforward one. Yeah, Swift um, is pretty much one of the easier ones to keep because he's a running back uh, you can build around. He's got nice hands uh, that he actually got to show in the second half of the season. Um, He's got a nice running. He doesn't take a lot of punishment. Um, when he runs, he's a smart runner. He likes to not take on those hard hit, those uh, heavy contact hits when he gets through the line. So yeah, this is this is a no brainer for me to keep and build around. Um, and like I said, Detroit's young. You, yeah. They're building a they're building a team. So it's not like you're you're going to have a short shelf life with them. He's going to be a top ten running back. Year in, year out. Uh, what he finished this year? You have running it in front of six, you. Running back like 16, but he only played in 13 yeah. games. Yeah, but he had those. Yeah, he had a few games missed. So, yeah, this is this is good a good cornerstone of your offense that you keep and feel comfortable with. Yeah, and I, I don't think – I think trading him away, this is a year or two too early to trade him away, I think. Uh, and I, I think buying him is is very hard to do because I think in ADPs, for senior quarterbacks, um, right now he's going in the first two rounds automatically. He might be even sneaking in the back of the first. Depends on how much people like last year's rookie running backs. But he's a guy that is, you know, he had a thousand total yards this year, seven touchdowns. He has 135 targets receiving in, in the past two years. Uh, so he's going to get thrown to no matter who's quarterback. Now, speaking of which, a guy that you want to trade away is the quarterback. I'm surprised at this. I thought it would have been Amon Ross St. Brown, whose value peaked from third round rookie draft pick to probably getting you a first round, but you want to trade away Jared Goff. What, what is your deal? You're just done with Goff already? Well, no, I'm trading him away to get younger and uh, for the emergence of the team around him. Um, Goff is Goff's going to produce, uh, but also you don't want to hang your hat on it. And I'm looking at this from, you know, like we preference, I'm looking at this simply from a super flex standpoint. Um, you want to try to get younger in the position. Uh, not saying that golf's old by, by any stretch. He's only like 27. He's in his prime. Yeah, like he's in his twilight. But also, I want to try to get value. Uh, I'm looking at this as like a super flex. Um, if you do have him available, you know, it's good. But he's also one of those quarterbacks that's going to get a lot of garbage time that you want to catch in on uh and super flex owners uh because that defense is not great the emergence of st brown hawkinson's swift out of the backfield would make him enticing to be somebody's qb2 in that super flex role so this is the the mentality i have uh with shifting off my team uh especially if you got uh other options there that you can plug and play because I think the consistency is getting there, but it's not there yet. So you want to sell him on value alone, on potential value. I think he is a very hard sell right now because his value is very low. I don't know. 
in a super flex, I would want at least a first for him. But I don't know who would pay me a first for Goff. I'd probably have to settle for a high second. And that's why that's the problem in Liza. He is the starting quarterback as we speak right now for this team. Do I try and cash in because I think he's not going to be the starting quarterback and somebody else does? Or do I do I hold because I'm not getting enough in return and I just ride this out till he's no longer a starter? It is very, it's very risky if you don't get a good return because Goff is a guy that you would have drafted in Superflex in your first round with the rookie pick. Um, if you probably acquired him two, three years ago, probably cost you first and plus. Yeah. Um, I don't know. In single quarterback, I, I don't even know if I would, if he's the type of guy that I would try and roster. Um, but that's because I try and like have like a, a guy that finished in the teens as my quarterback too. If you can trade him and get in a single quarterback, like a late second, you're probably good. Um, and if you can get a late first for him in a super flex, I would probably do that as well. Um, just because of he is only 27. And even if the, I mean, he has a big contract, even if he gets cut by the lions, it's not like the NFL is just filled with like 32 great quality starting quarterbacks that he couldn't potentially latch on and find a job and go like the a la, you know, Mitch Trubisky route that we're seeing right now. Um, but as it stands, he is a starting quarterback and you can use that to sell. If you're rebuilding in a super flex, you should get him off your roster immediately. Take the 112 from somebody that's, you know, the, that just won the championship and they need a good number two or three and a good number three quarterback in a super flex. And they're trying to get greedy. Take that from them. That's a good plus for you. Works for them. Try and find a win-win situation uh, is what I think. Now let's talk about the green Bay Packers and let's go ahead and have you kick it off right away. Let's talk about a guy that you want to trade away as well from the green Bay Packers. Who are you getting rid of? Uh uh, I'm getting ready to, uh, it pains me to say this because I'm a, I'm a huge fan of him in fantasy, mm-hmm. uh, but I, I'm getting rid of Aaron Jones. Uh, I think uh, he's going to be potentially a casualty um, with the the atrocious salary cap situation in Green Bay. Uh, a casualty to what? What are you What are you talking about? No, I'm saying he's going to he's going to be going to. My prediction is he's going to be going to a, another team uh, that he's not going to have the talent around to be able to produce his numbers. Oh. He's getting, he's, he's got that short shelf life. Um, you know, right now he finished running back. I'm going to say he probably finished about running back seven. Uh, he was running back 11 on the year. Oh, really? I had him a little higher. Uh, so you want to try to get value. You want to sell because of the talent around him currently, uh, because he may fall into that, uh, uh, situation where they the Packers want to go younger, shed some contract space because they want to keep Rodgers, um, which is up there. There's a lot of uncertainty there. So I think this is a good time to cash in on a solid running back one that a team that needs to get that push to get over the hill to be a contender. There, there may be your four or five seed last year, maybe even a three, and they need that running back uh, to help them, you know, take that next step. I think it's a good place to sell him and try to get uh, max value out of him. Yeah, I, I do think um, we do see when, when running backs hit their second contract, there's a good time to try and move and sell. Um, he, is, he is fresh 27. 
uh, going into this year. So this could be the last year that he has this like clear prime where you're not as worried. But then again, I mean, he could have like two or three more years. But the big thing is with him potentially being, you know, moved on or whatever the Green Bay does in their situation with, with salary cap. I think the biggest thing is, is that, is that AJ Dillon is right there on his tails. Uh, we saw him drop. Uh, he dropped 40 carries this past year. We saw his targets only go up by two. So like his touches went down by 38 with AJ Dillon getting more touches. Like he only played in 15 games this year. So he missed two games, which I, I probably only missed one game because I guess the last game against Detroit. But I do think that trading away Aaron Jones this, this time right now could be a smart move if you're a middle-of-the-road team. Uh, he's, we've probably seen his peak of where he's at. And again, when you're at that, that was running backs at their second contract, it makes me really nervous to want to like stay latched onto them for too long. Hmm. Let's go to keep. But a guy that I think that you should keep and I know this, this is really weird because we don't know where he's going to go, but Devonta Adams, he was the wide receiver two last year in fantasy, and he would have been the wide receiver one if, if Cooper Cup didn't have like a historic year. Like if Cooper Cup would have just had a regular year, he would have been number one. He had 123 receptions, 1,500 yards, uh, 11 touchdowns. He was top five in all those categories. And he is now in a situation where he does not want to be in Green Bay unless they pay him to be in Green Bay because it's Green Bay. I can't stop yawning. And I think that no matter where he goes, even at age 29, he'll be 30 at the end of the year. No matter where he goes, I think that he is going to still receive 150 targets, especially if they pay him to be the number one receiver in the NFL. Oh, yeah. I, I think uh, he is a great keep uh, due to a lot of a lot of receivers are going to be moving pieces this year. Uh, so you're going to see a lot of new faces on teams. And I think this is one that uh, wherever he ends up, uh, he's going to get the volume. He's going to get the value due to the volume, which we talk about often. Um, so, yeah, I think this is set. And he's got that age that people may shy away from uh, that they're, but, this, this is great. I mean, he's hard to trade away right now. I have tried trading him away in a league that I am contending in, and people are scared of him not having Aaron Rodgers, of him getting a big contract and disappearing, or him going to a new place um, and being unfamiliar with the offense and not meshing well with another quarterback, which kind of ties into not having Aaron Rodgers, but it's, it's not Rodgers in a new location. Um, I, I just don't think that that matters. I think you could have Jordan Love. I think you could have Aaron Rodgers. I think you'd have Trevor Lawrence just because the Jags can afford him. Um, and I don't think that it will matter at all on how well he performs. I think nothing will, outside of injury, will knock Adams out of being a top 10 receiver for the next two years. And unfortunately, people, people won't trade you for that as they think that he could fall off without Rodgers. And I just... I don't understand it. I've watched him play. I watched this guy, how this guy like just goes up and gets everything. Um, and he's just, he's just ball dominant. I don't, I think this guy could play with all 32 quarterbacks and be a, a top 12 dynasty wide receiver year in and year out. That's yeah, that's no doubt. Me. Like Rogers helps, but, but if that's the case, then how come like Scandas Vantling or whatever, isn't a top 20 wide receiver. You know what I mean? Like how come all these other guys in green Bay aren't dominating? 
if Rodgers makes all these receivers that much better. You know what I mean? So in, th- in that yeah. sense, in that sense, no, he can go anywhere he wants to go. He, he had 169 targets this year. If he goes and gets paid 30 million a year, he'll receive 200 targets the next year, probably just because they want to get all their money's worth out of him. And I like, I like the, the hot take you put, you know, I would love to see him in Jacksonville. I think that would be a great landing spot for him. So I like a prediction that, yeah. you know, you threw out there willy nilly. Yeah. Now let's talk about a guy you want to buy. Who, who are you buying right now from the Green Bay Packers? Uh, I'm buying Jordan Love. Um, I, think Roger, I think Rodgers is uh, going to do one of two things. He's either going to piss and moan like he did last year, or they're going to overpay him, and he's going to want to run the team, and he doesn't want Jordan Love breathing down his neck to be the heir apparent. Yeah, uh, he made that he made that known when they drafted him. He was displeased with them even drafting him. Uh, not saying that you know they don't have a professional working relationship, but he kind of took it a slap in the face. And Love is a cheap buy right now. Um, yeah. You can get him really cheap because people are are sold on Rodgers being a cornerstone, and maybe that Love will never take over, or Love will be out of Green Bay. And even in the games that uh, so, we saw, even in the games that we saw Jordan Love, he didn't really stand out enough to be like looked at as like, oh, like that guy's easily taking over. He looks like he needs a little more time to maybe work or he just needs to change, change the scenery. Yeah, I mean, it is Green Bay. Um, you know, who could be happy to be in Green Bay, especially in the winter? Um, so definitely, definitely think that he's somebody you could get really cheap. Um, probably next to nothing. Um, I'm thinking maybe a late second, um, a you know a handcuff running back and a pick, you know some some kind of small package. I, I think this is a prime time to pick up on him and let him set and develop on your bench and then explode onto the scene and be a core uh, QB two for you, if not a QB one. Yeah, and I. I here's the thing, and it, I always laugh about that Aaron Rodgers being mad that they like drafted him because like he didn't want them to. Like, I'm pretty sure Brett Favre didn't want them to draft Aaron Rodgers in the first round when they did, but they did. Like it's just it's just it's just ironic. Yeah. Um. Yeah, I, I think Jordan Love's a pretty affordable guy you can get right now in all formats, superflex as well, because he's not a starter and the uncertainty. I mean, we see. I saw a report out. Um, I forget where it was. I was just going through my timelines. And somebody was saying that like they saw like him as like a like a third round pick or like a day three pick in a trade. So like his value in real NFL is pretty low as well, which kind of goes towards the he didn't play very well. We don't even know if he could deliver. When he was drafted, people were kind of saying like, why was he drafted in the first round? He probably should be a second round guy. And all those things kind of just lead to his value kind of dropping a little bit. And this is one of those like low risk, high reward situations. And yeah, I, I stand by it. I don't exactly know what you can, what his value is for trade in a super flex. I don't know if he would cost you. He might cost you like a mid second, which is a very like in a draft like this might be the right time to strike. And I'm okay with that. I'm okay with a mid second for him. Yeah, who knows? And and maybe you could even yeah, you know, who knows? Maybe that's where you 
Jared Goff, Jordan Love type trade. You know, little somebody wants a little more security and they want a guy that they know that can start versus Jordan Love. Maybe you can pull a deal off with that with you sending Goff and like a third for Love or something, you know, where you just kind of, you want to get younger, you want to rebuild, you're going to get rid of these older guys and you're going to do what you can to get these younger guys that have a chance to bloom and blossom. Now, from one quarterback to another, Minnesota Vikings time. Uh, we're going to talk about buying Kirk Cousins. And I've been a big, um, a big supporter of Kirk Cousins his entire NFL career. I have a lot of Vikings uh, uh, fans in my family that uh, don't like him because he's not Case Keenum, um, which is still hilarious because you know, Case Keenum was nothing yeah. without that offensive, that offensive play calling that he had that year. I think you should buy Kirk Cousins. He finished as a quarterback 11. And he's in this conversation of, will he stay? Will he go? If he stays, he gets Justin Jefferson. Um, and he has Adam Thielen still, Dalvin Cook, Alexander Madison. We see the potential um, of what do we have. Tyler Conklin kind of stepped up a little bit to it tight end because Irv Smith Jr. was out, but Irv Smith Jr. should be healthy. And that's a nice little combo dual form at tight end. And KJ Osborne, if he decides to stay, I'm not sure how that contract situation is for him or if he's uh, restricted or anything. But the talent there, if he stays, is good enough to produce for you in fantasy a quarterback one type of um, production, and yet you can buy him as if he was a quarterback two. Now, I almost bought him for a mid-first rounder this year in a super flex, like one, like one nine, straight up, but the guy backed out of it. But that's what the guy asked for, and then when I offered it, he said no. But that means that there are people out there that were willing to offer stuff like that. And I think in a super flex, that is a great buy for a guy that is going to help you win a championship. Yeah. And um, this has been a topic of a lot of our off air discussions is, you know, Kirk Cousin doesn't get the love he deserves. No. Um, he, he's got a solid cast around him of talent. Uh, He's familiar with the offense. He's going to be familiar. He's got a, a nice repertoire with uh, Thielen and Jefferson now. This is a good a good quarterback that you can get for a good value that's going to produce where you can address other positions um, and get better. And this is going to be a serviceable QB1 for you. So, yeah, I, I love that. By it's, it's going to be somebody that you get. And you probably could ride him out for two years while you're building other aspects of your team. I think so as well. Um, yeah, and I, I I think he still has he still has time. It's not like he's not even he's not even old in comparison to quarterbacks. Like he's uh, going to be entering this season. His birthday is in, in August, so he'll be turning 34 when the season starts. Like he's he's like what's it four years younger than Aaron Rodgers, four or five years yeah. younger, like. I, I, I would take that in an instant, you know, because that's, that's four or five years of quarterback one to high quarterback two play. And you're not buying him as like a top 12 dynasty quarterback asset. Like you might be able to, you're talking about trading away Justin Fields. You might be, and there might be people that say I'm crazy, but you could probably sell Justin Fields for Kirk Cousins. And you probably can get a little bit more on that deal. You probably could get like Kirk Cousins in like a second for Justin Fields. And yeah. if you're contending, that's a great deal. Um, I, I'd have to look at the numbers on that and see how common that is. But I think Kirk Cousins right now is way cheaper than he should be uh, across all, all formats. Uh, now, a guy that you should keep no matter what, because, I mean, 
why would you not keep him? Is Justin Jefferson? Yeah. Um, this guy is probably in non-super flex leagues in startups this year will be drafted in probably be the first or second receiver off the board. Probably like a top five consensus pick, you'd say. Um, yeah, you'd say that's pretty fair. Yeah. Yeah. yeah I, so. I want to say I want to say five to seven range. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So I, I think a guy like that you keep because here's the thing. If you're gonna trade him away, you need a king's ransom. And on and that that's not very like logical for us to say, like, oh, he's an obvious trade because you could get 17 first round picks for him. But nobody's gonna sell you the farm for Justin Jefferson. Now, if they do, they're the one percent, then you take a deal. Like if you get like multiple first rounds this year, next year, uh, plus like some wide receiver, two or three guys, I think you just take that deal and you run. Um, but otherwise, more than likely, you don't want to try and buy him anywhere. King's ransom. You don't want to try and sell him anywhere because you're not going to get a King's ransom. So you just keep him and you enjoy the you know year three of Justin Jefferson. And he's going to be a top 12 wide receiver, I think, for his entire career. I think we're looking at a DeAndre Hopkins-esque, um, once he hit his stride type of career, and Antonio Brown, once he hit his stride type of career, where he's a wide receiver one year in and year out until this weird cliff that these guys all hit, you know, like injuries or whatnot. Yeah, and Jefferson is a freak of nature athleticism. Um, so it's not like you're not investing into a future of your team. A great cornerstone guy to build around, um, especially in a full PPR league. Mm -hmm. um, this is this is a steal and a half if you can just hold on to him. Uh, you know, you get some uh, running back two productivities uh, to go with him, get a solid. Th this is a cornerstone. This is one of those players that, you know, once um, – you have the opportunity to acquire you. You just let them ride out on your team. Yeah. It's just, it's one of those things where like you can always trust that you have a wide receiver one in your team for as long as, as long as you want. Uh, now let's talk about, that's a very simple topic. Let's, let's go ahead. Who are you trying to get rid of for peak value in Minnesota? Uh, I'm trading Madison um, simply because you can sell him on the, Dalvin Cook injury thing uh, as a handcuff, and you're going to and you're going to get a, uh, potentially get that Dalvin Cook owner to overpay. Um, not saying disparaging anything of Dalvin Cook, but injury prone. The facts are facts. Like fact, he he is he's been hurt. He's been injured. It, that you, you, that you're not even bashing with that point. Like he's he's missed. He's never played a full season in the NFL. Yeah, in five years. Yeah, and Madsen when called upon produces yes uh this is uh, i think this is a a situation we've talked about before in the uh pollard situation uh where if zeke misses a game pollard steps in same you know can get the same productivity out of zeke now this is a little bit different because you know cook is i feel cook is a little bit better running back than zeke uh but i think madsen gives you that same dynamic when plugged in there without the real risk of injuries. Um, he's not taking that wear and tear. Uh, Cook is a very physical runner. He likes to take those big hits. Mm -hmm. Madsen is a good uh, elusive runner. He runs the corners. He's very smart when he runs. So I think you could sell him to possibly the Cook owner uh, at a higher value than 
why he should be sold at. Or you could sell him on the value of, look, Cook is not going to be producing. Here, take him. When you need him, flip him. Yeah, um, yeah. You you could try and work out a deal that is more so setting up the next owner for a potential payday. Um, but and you kind of hype that up like like hey, he's going into his fourth year of his last deal year of his rookie deal. He's gonna become a free agent and be able to sign as a number one. Last year, as the backup and filling in games, he had over seven hundred all purpose yards, he had over like 30 catches and like three touchdowns, four touchdowns. Like that's imagine if he was starting. He would be a, a, a 1,500-plus-yard guy. And I think that you can sell him on that where somebody goes, okay, well, then I'll cash in next year for even more. And you might even be able to win a deal now, and they could win a deal down the road. Um, I think that, that, that he is a guy that you sell on the hype, the potential, the fill-in ability, the, the health that he has had. Like, he played 16 games last year versus Cook's 13. And like I said, Cook's never played a full season. And... I think that that right there is a way that you can, you know, maybe you're in a league with a Vikings owner that doesn't own Dalvin Cook and he really likes Madison, kind of like Cowboy owners, Cowboy fans really like Pollard. You could probably sell him to somebody right there and maybe get a late first and be like, the strap class is pretty weak. Here's a guy that's probably going to step up, be good. You know, he's better than the running back six you're going to get in your single quarterback league. I don't think it would happen, but maybe you could pull it off, you know? And uh, yeah, I think he's a good trade candidate right now. Yeah, cash in on that value, cash on that height. Hey, he finishes running back 37 uh, while being a backup and filling in. I mean, nothing. there's nothing that tells me that he wouldn't have uh, standout games as the lone back or in a different offense that would give him that. In games that, in games that he had over 10 touches, uh, like over, let's say 11 touches, he had four games over 11 solid touches. And in those games, he had 24 fantasy points, 27 fantasy points, 22 fantasy points, and 16 fantasy points. Give him the rock more. He's going to score for you. Uh, and I think that's a, he's a, it's a good time to move him because who knows what's going to happen with this offense this offseason. And with all that being said, we are done here with Division 7 of this buy, keep, and trade series. Next week, we will touch on the AFC North, our final division, before we move on to some more offseason talk. Uh, be sure to follow us on Facebook, Instagram, Twitter, TikTok, uh, Instagram. Uh, go check us out. We are partners with the W2M Network. You can see us over there. When you're over there, you can check out Jason, who reviews movies uh, on a little pod called. Yeah, you got to check out the Triple Feature or Debut Hollywood, where I partner with Mark Gradledge. We do some movie reviews. Uh, just finished up a month-long review, uh, Black History Month, so it was real fun. Also, just want to throw this out there. If anybody's looking for startup owners, hit me and tie up. We, yes. we are looking for a startup league to be a part of. So drop, drop us a DM and we'll definitely get back to you. Yeah, and you can check, us, check me out as well, Extra on Love War Challenges podcast, reality-based TV show talking about MTV's The Challenge. Uh, with all that being said, thanks for listening, guys. Send us DMs. Let us know if you've got any startups. We're going to join as a partner team. I'm not going to take over two teams. Um, we just don't want to run a league because I got too much on my plate right now, but I can, I can co-manage another team. So with all that being said, thanks for listening guys. And again, just cause the off season doesn't mean you got to go to bed and sleep and wake up in September when fantasy starts, start making those trades today. 